Hello everyone and welcome to episode 96 of an Apotheosis of a Bombast. The Bombast podcast brought to you by the bombastic Mr. Elton McManus and the Apotheosian uh, myself, Scott Copperman. How's everybody doing today? Hello. Hello, sir. Sorry, I just said that into the ether. Um, it's okay. Hello, how are you doing? I'm fine when I'm not coughing. So here we are with episode 96. I was uh, updating some various old old things. I guess probably about, uh, from the information, about a year or two ago, we were spreading an apotheosis of a bombast about the the internet. You know, Last FM and a couple other places. And yeah. I had the, uh, you know, the about page would say, Elton is a 34-year-old and Scott is a 39-year-old. And it's like, oh, ooh, we're off. Off by a little bit there. Mm. Yeah, too right. I'm not 34 yet. But the nice thing is, it refers to the fact that uh, we started January 2009 was our our first released episode. Coming up on that, probably in about three months. And we're turning the page. It's, it's getting close to, I don't know, would you call it a birthday or an anniversary? I can't remember what we called it last time. Um, I'd say more of an anniversary. Maybe. Are we going to do anything special for the hundredth? I don't know. When's it likely to fall? I guess probably right around uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. I don't know. That's like some made-up holiday, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It could either be at the tail end of this year, or we might have to squeeze it in on the next year. It depends on how the recording goes, I suppose. Recently, it's just been hectic. Well, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to solicit something from our wonderful listening audience here. Um, first of all, we have 86 fans on the Facebook page. It would be nice and somewhat symbolic to get that to 100 for the 100th episode. So that would be nice. If, you know. But if you're listening and you're already a friend, you're already part of the solution. If you're not, well then, please consider uh, Facebook liking the page and maybe you can be the difference maker. Yeah, man. But on top of that, uh, you know, they have, what's I think the, for weddings, there's always like, you know, there's the silver anniversary and the paper anniversary in China. There's appropriate gifts for each, each uh, date. And I, I know other episodes do make a big deal. Other shows make a big deal about a hundred, you know, the centennial episode. Sometimes it's a special call-in show, things like that. Um, since it's around the holidays... I'd like to invite our listening audience to gift us a hundred of something. Whether you choose to do it via Twitter with the uh, Bombast 100 tag, or you can uh, put it on the Facebook page. You can email it to us, and we can read it aloud. But you know, a hundred what? A hundred cantaloupes? A hundred thong bikini? bottoms, a hundred flattened uh, tires, a hundred horns that don't work, whatever comes to mind, the the relevance of it could be suspect. If you feel like explaining why, feel free to go ahead. You know, if you just want to randomly suggest something, you know, we'll try to discern. That's <laughs> why, cool. Why is he giving us a hundred rubber bands? What, what could that be for? That's brilliant, yeah. I so, donate a hundred snails. Yes. So let's, let's see what you guys can come up with. A hundred what do you think would be an appropriate gift? So we'll, we'll look forward to uh, soliciting those posts. You have four episodes, so you realistically have about a month. You know, figure you're looking to get that to us before the end of November. Mm. Wicked. I like that. Thank you very much. So I'm done. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll oh, uh, nice catch one. on Xbox. Do <laughs> so you not been up to much then? I gather uh, a couple things. You know, I, I hadn't realized the time that had passed between our last episode and the episode before. I mean, I had traveled over, brought Jay to a, a football game and such. It, the stuff that goes on always seems so menial. I feel like, yeah, you don't need to know that I mowed my grass, got in an argument with the neighbor about this, or did that. You know, not that I got in an argument with the neighbor, but. Mm. Just seems kind of like, yeah, it's not newsworthy. I know it's very hard to work out what is worth sticking on here and what isn't. 
what would just be drivel. But I don't know. It, it has it has taken quite a long time to get these last couple of episodes out. I've been snowed under. I'm. Mm-hmm. I know you've been driving around all across your great country. Uh, <laughs> you had to like had to get up double early to take him to hockey, didn't you? Your son. Yeah, misses. we had a couple of. Uh, every weekend, he's got these games that are usually about an hour to hour and a half away. And every Monday, Wednesday, he's got practices, which is about half hour away. And it just, uh, I, I've said it before, I think if the time change was reversed, because I'm up at like two in the morning doing uh, work work anyway, mm. so that would be better. But the way it works out where the best you know, evening recording time for you is kind of right square in the prime activity time for us, it's it's gotten in the way a little bit. We should have a daylight savings switch coming up soon, which may cause oh hurrah some things to be better. Yeah, that just screw everything over though, wouldn't it? <laughs> and then you got weeks of people going, "Is it going back now? Has it gone back? I don't know." Looking forward to that. I but, do have uh, someone I work with in India, and for some reason, she just never gets the time change right. And it's, you know, we have meetings scheduled for eight thirty my time. And time goes by, and then an hour later, she pops up on Skype. And it's like, you know, this isn't 8.30 anymore, now it's 9.30. Mm. Or sometimes, you know, at 7, I'm getting this, like, series of emails. Where are you, Scott? We had a meeting scheduled. Uh, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we did until I traveled no. through time. Yes. Which but, would be uh, wicked. You know, it's, I understand it's difficult, and, you know, I tended to always just go by, if they say such and such time, which is, and they tell me it's a certain local equivalent, I'll just go with that. Mm. I don't I don't verify whether they're right or not. Although I probably should if, if I want to make sure I'm not waiting around. Yeah, you, you kind of really want to, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, the reason I've been snowed under for the last couple of weeks, um, my brother decided to get married. Oh. And I did, did see paintball... Evidence, paintball skirmish evidence from a bachelor party. Yeah, that was that was wicked. That was the Bojangles. Let's put it like that. That was blinding. Um, yeah, this is a, a very short time elapsed uh, procession up until the the wedding, and everything was crammed into very po- very small pockets of time and. Yeah, it was all done by my brother and his missus now, and you know they did did a grand job and they had a wonderful wedding and everyone enjoyed themselves. But it was kind of a couple of months ago. Okay, right, we're getting married at this date, and everyone in the family went, "Oh, okay, cool, good luck with that." And <laughs> it's just literally, I haven't spoken to him not about the wedding since he mentioned he's getting married. And I think people who know people who are getting married find this. Every conversation is about that wedding. And it's very similar with babies as well. If someone has a baby, then every conversation is about a baby or what this baby does or how it gurgles or this photo that they've seen. I think it's like that for a lot of things because you half feel you're obligated to express your interest in it. And, oh, you know, let's, this is the big thing. I, I don't want to overshadow it with another topic. But then you mm. also wonder... Should you be the one who offers a change of pace once in a while? Yeah, yeah. But it's been a very uh, stressful time. Even from my point of view where I'm not really doing much anyway. And I've just got to organise going out and pay for this and pay for that. And then, you know, the location of something has to change. And so we have to change that. And then I have to make about three or four phone calls. And we've had... You know, some ups and downs in the family recently, anyway, I'm not going to go into them, but they've applied the stress that we've all been going through as a family, from my side and from my brother's side as well. And on top of it, he, he doesn't listen to this, so it's fine saying him, he, uh, halfway through the, well, towards the end of the build-up of this uh, stag do, he ended up getting uh, Bell's palsy. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I've heard of it. I'm not really sure what it is, though. It's where half your face loses all its feeling and just drops. 
and you have no control over it. And mm. he said that he was he went away for work for a week and he said he was in the um in the pub having his uh, paid for lunch and all of a sudden a little bit of dribble came down the side of his face. He was like, Oh, that's a bit funny and then went up to the uh hotel room, brushed his teeth, and he had the same thing again and his voice that's weird and he couldn't see much in the mirror but it just felt weird that he couldn't really didn't have full control of that side of his mouth and it turns out there's a, a nerve that runs around the back of your neck and over the top of your head and it's kind of like getting uh, your sinuses blocked and if you have mm -hmm. this nerve blocked then it just literally drops one side of your face you have no control over it whatsoever and it, it's all sorted out now because they stick you on steroids and normally, you know, 80% of the time that cures the problem. Mm -hmm. But it's just another thing where I I came home from work and I'm totally shattered and I've got things in my mind. And I've got work problems on my mind and I've got kids run up to me saying, Daddy, Daddy, play football. I'm, oh, I really don't want to play football after <laughs> doing all that work. And then I feel crap about saying, no, I don't want to play football. And then I play football and then, yeah, you get the idea. And then I sat down and uh, Boudoir came over with one of these medical books, which I hate. I can't stand these medical books because they just cause more problems than what they're worth. Mm -hmm. But she brought it over, um, had a page over and went, have a read of that. And I'm like, okay, read through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what your brother's got at the moment. Oh, really? Another Jeez. thing? <laughs> but it's all cleared up now. It's all good for the the wedding, so Good. the paintball was wicked. Have you ever been paintball at all? Uh, just once, but it was fun. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, I've been once before, and that was a work do. And it it was nice. It was just work guys against work guys, kind of small groups and enjoyable. This was full-on war. With people that you don't really know, you don't really know who you're shooting anyway. With the the visors and everyone's got the same visor and the same uh, camouflage boiler suits yeah. that they're wearing, and so it's quite hard to distinguish between your friends and your people you don't really know. And you want to kind of want to go after your friends, or if you're on the same team, then you want to work with your friends. And it's kind of hard to work out who that person is. Mm -hmm. and especially when you're wearing these goggles and they steam up and you try and reach in and then one of the uh, instructors sees you and shouts at you for putting lifting up your mask because all this health and safety malarkey, which is understandable, but it's brilliant fun. I did get shot in the nuts just once, <laughs> it, but it, it wasn't a full shot. You're a man like myself. Yes. And you know that whether it, it's a full-on kid kicking you in the balls or just a dog jumping up and slightly grazing your ball. They're kind of the same sort of pain. Yes. <laughs> and I got shot in the leg and it just, just grazed my left nut, which in turn sent me down, <laughs> rolling around, screaming in agony. <laughs> But apart from that, no injuries, and everyone had a fine and dandy time. Oh, that's good. And the wedding went off without a hitch, which was really good as well. Cool. Yeah, that would be something that would certainly monopolize your time and attention. And and it's, it's nice that it's a happy thing. You know, there's so many things that are, you know, negative or unexpected problems that come up, and then it, it just takes on a whole new, new level. Mm. I was thinking, though, that perhaps... Since we, I don't really have that much of note, and and yours yours is actually a, a interesting story that perhaps for the benefit of the listeners we should creatively embellish what's happened since the last episode. Ooh. So you know, kind of, you know, we know the reality of what it is, but let's let's go back in time for a moment and uh, kind of restart the episode and and uh, see if we can't spice things up, kind of increase the interest level of today's episode okay all right so uh hello everyone and welcome again to episode 96 of an apotheosis of a bombast i just got off 
of my my tour of duty in Iraq, and I'm back for an episode here with my my good friend, Mr. Elton McManus. Uh, Elton, uh, is the signal coming through? I know you're you're not at your usual location. Racking my brain nudge, to nudge. think of something. <laughs> no, I'm racking my brain to think of something. I know it's cold in Antarctica, but uh, you know the it's the satellite delay here. Okay, all right, good, good. So how are things? Where fine, you are? everything's fine. Satellite delay seems to be coming through before you're speaking. I see, I see, I understand. It's that is one of the side effects they say of the research that you're doing. The research is fine. The nurses are fine, and there's no signs of woolly mammoths just yet. I'm happy to hear that. You know, I, I did did see that you had received that large grant uh, from Cambridge. What was it? Um, Three million they donated on, on your behalf? Yes, Scott, it was three million, yes. Good, good, good. Um, and- um, I... I can gladly say that the pizzas and the beers and the hookers and strippers that we bought with the three million have been used well and wisely. I'm glad to hear that. You know, I, I wasn't sure when uh, when I got the call, asked to participate in the Super Soldier program and you know see if they can turn Captain America into a real life program here for the U.S. military. I I balked at it at first, but uh, I was a little afraid of what would be going on, and I knew you had this this pending research, so I wasn't sure if you would need anything. But I'm glad to hear that worked out fine. And and as you know, uh, you know they took me out. What was it? Uh, six days ago, I got the injection, went over, kicked a little butt. I'm back now, and uh, it's good to hear. A little bit of what do they call it? The USO. I have to go around and solicit recruitment. And then I go back over, uh, I guess it's tomorrow. It's good. My research into looking at how penguins can be used as waiters is going very, very well. That's, that's very good. You know, that that will solve a lot of problems. I mean, tipping in fish is so much easier than tipping in actual money. It is, yes. And also, um, we've worked out that if we rivet the plates to the penguins' heads, they stay on a lot longer. You know, I... I had read an article about that once before, and uh, I'm glad that you stumbled on that. Now, there was the issue of um, spillage. Have you been able to get around that? Yes, we put them into uh, big inflatable pools, and so the spillage just goes into the pools. Excellent. And thus, if it spills out of that pool, it goes into a bigger pool, thus a continued expansion of pools. Oh, well, that's fantastic, and and I did. See I'm sorry, you're breaking up. <laughs> Hello. I did s- is, is the satellite gone down? Oh no! Oh no! Hello? Let's. Uh... No, no, I heard Let's you see. there. Oh, there we go. Good. I'm glad. Glad that came through. So uh, I did see on the uh, news the other day that uh, Kimmy did get that recording contract. You know, she's going to be the new Disney star. For yeah. uh, Disney UK, the new channel? Yes, I'm looking forward to her being off her face on Smack and Coke and uh, shaving her head and driving into petrol stations when she's 14 years old. There you go. You know, it's they say that the the key is to make sure your child has the same name you do or in some way it can be uh, a derivative so that you can cash the checks yourself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess it's too late for that. But if you opt to have another one, you know, once you're in that Disney family, they seem to to take a whole group. Yeah. Have you seen the new Disney family at the moment? Uh, I'm not sure. The only one I've seen lately is Jesse. Oh, I don't know who Jesse is. Have you heard of Lemonade Mouth? I've seen that movie, yes. That is so good. It's just a, le- um, just a pure Disney program with lots yes. of characters from lots of other Disney programs, but... It's kind of there. It's still got the catchy Disney songs. Yeah, and yep. you just and find yourself bopping away to them for no reason whatsoever. That's uh, I've, that stars the girl who was originally on Wizards of Waverly Place as a girlfriend of one of the characters, and now she's got on Good Luck Charlie. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bridget Met Bridget something Medler Medler. I don't know. I don't know. She'll probably be found dead at some point in a hotel room. 
I don't know. You know, I was having a, a conversation uh, briefly with someone about the the way TV is different now than when we watched. Like when I was little, uh, I watched Saturday morning cartoons. I watched uh, game shows a little bit. And then like when I was 8, 9, 10, Happy Days, Hogan's Heroes, uh, I Dream of Genie, Bewitched, all those shows from the 70s were kind of in syndication you know so they'd be on you get home from school and that's when it's on at three o'clock yeah there was no uh child oriented comedy or, or tv shows you know you might relate to the children on uh, home improvement or the brady kids but there wasn't a show like iCarly where it's about kids, or all this whole Disney Channel, Hannah Montana, the whole franchise where the the children are the stars. I mean, there, there was Webster and different strokes and that kind of thing, but it was still different because the parents weren't misfits. <laughs> the way all the yeah. adults are are idiots on these shows now. Well, very similar to um, Roseanne as well. Yep. A lot of the time, the the actual kids were the star of that show. With Darlene. Was it Darlene? I can't remember yeah. the other girl's name. Darlene and uh, uh, Becky. Becky. Was there a, a brother? There's a boyfriend. Oh. I think he's on um, on uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't watch that at all. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we're done with the fictitious <laughs> anecdotes. <laughs> We've moved into reality now. Yeah, yeah. In case anyone was confused, is that my fault? No, it's all right. That's good. <laughs> the whole point was to stimulate <laughs> some. Uh, Whoops, some dialogue. No, we're good. Okay, well, I, I'll give you a um, a, a a thing. I think it's called. Um, okay. Talking of uh, children's TV shows. Yes. There used to be a wonderful TV show over here uh, called Grange Hill. I don't know if you've ever heard of this program at all. No. Grange Hill is a school. And I think it... I think it closed down... God, it must have been... Five years ago? Maybe more? Mm. But it's from the 70s. Maybe even earlier than that. But it's... Yeah, it's from the 70s. And lots and lots of... uh, Children have come and gone and grown up and gone into other TV programs over here. It was kind of the breeding ground for a lot of people. Okay. And, well, it it was, you know, child actors over in England would kind of start off in Grange Hill and then go off into their either own spin-off show of the same network or they'd just go off into other different programs and you'll see someone pop up and go, oh, they came from Grange Hill. And, yeah, I, oh, I can. I they see. came from Grange Hill. Yes. Guess who in the podcasting world, yes, he's probably giggling right now, but came from there. Ooh. Came from Grange, someone was actually on Grange Hill? Yeah, I'll give you a clue. It's someone who can't really pronounce his name. <laughs> I, I'm going to feign ignorance. Okay, it's Chris Crockle. From the Ice Podcast. So what, you you recognised him, or he mentioned it? No, he's. I think he's mentioned it before. I think he's one of these big heads that walks around. And goes, yes, I was in Green Chill, you know. Oh, and it wouldn't be. Yes, he, he used to be in there. But also from that point, we can actually get to what film could we get to from there as well? I'm kind of just joining up these two things through a very vague line. It was. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. How can I, from your very vague knowledge, get from this program to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? And Star Wars. And Star Wars as well. And Empire Strikes Back as well. Wow. Well, I can't believe... Well, Empire Strikes Back... Well, it's not Harrison Ford because you left out other people. Uh, what two actors were in, in Last Crusade and The Empire Strikes Back? Well, what actor was in that? That's what I'm trying to think of who it would be. I can't think of what other character there was. I can't remember what... Oh, I'm going to have to look him up on IMDb now. 
Apotheosis of the Bombast is brought to you by Scott Cockman and Elton McManus. You want chili sauce with that? Okay, right. I'll give you the the two characters that he played. In okay. The Last Crusade, he played Hitler. Hmm. Do you remember when Harrison Ford walked up to him and ended up getting his dad's diary signed by him? Yes. He played Hitler. He's he was also Admiral Ozel in episode oh. uh <laughs> five of Empire Strikes Back. He's the guy who gets uh strangled by Darth Vader through the video screen. Oh, I would never have <laughs> pieced that together. He popped him out of light speed too close to the asteroid field. He was also the head teacher in Grange Hill. All of that means nothing to me. I know, it kind <laughs> of doesn't really mean anything, does it? But it does. It does it's it means something to a lot of people, just not to me. Oh, Grange was wicked, man. Oh, do you remember Nelly? That um nineties late nineties, early two thousands rap star? Yes, yes I do. They did a mashup of the Grange Hill song and one of his songs. Which was wicked as well. <laughs> I'll have to look for that. I, I'm just throwing tangents around. That's all right. Sorry, I do apologize. It's all good. It's all well and good. Go on, I'm uh, I'm out of stuff already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that or not. No, it's all right. All right, so I uh I basically have no connection to to uh Grange Hill or any of those things. Actually no, I have a connection to Star Wars and Indiana Jones. I there's <laughs> no way I would have recognized though that those two people are the same. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty cool though. And it you know, it just goes to show you like there's there are things that like people know that other people don't and it just for the weirdest reasons. You know, like I'll yeah. I'll know things just because it's what I do with work or you'll know something like the name of a button or something that or a tool that you use at work, and I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I only know that that guy was the guy that played Hitler and that Admiral, only because he was in Grange Hill. That's the only reason. That's pretty cool, though. They, they have, like, lists of stuff like that, too. Like, uh, I have a couple of lists kind of filed away of, like, names of TV characters that you don't realize have names and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you had a link I think you were going to send that was something similar. Oh, you're good. <laughs> yes. Um, 25 everyday things you never knew you knew the name of. Or ah. something like that, anyway. Uh, should we run through this lift? Sure, list? let's do that. How, how many are there? there there's 25, 25, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, should we start at the top? Of the, let's start at the top, number one. Yes. Um, I might need your help in pronunciation on some of these or enunciation right. on some of these. But uh, number one is a tittle. I think it's called a tittle. Am I right in thinking it's I called would think a so. tittle? Yes. A tittle is the name given to the dot over an I or a J. That's pretty. Cool. I I didn't know that they. I thought it was just a dot. I thought that was the scientific fact of a dot. <laughs> It's one of those names that's probably unnecessary, but maybe there was a point where it was a key on a typewriter, like a separate element of type, of of reproducing documents. They must have had some sort of shift button to put dots over certain letters on typewriters. I'm yeah, sure they would have. The old typesetting, when you used to have to put like blocks of things, maybe originally they just used a capital letter and dropped it down. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how they used it. When was the last time you used a typewriter in anger? In anger? Yeah, as in Whoa. actually wrote a letter with one. Oh. Um, I wrote my college admissions essays, and my girlfriend at the time's college admissions essays <laughs> on a typewriter. Cool. So, it's probably, uh, wow, 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, we used to have one, and I used to write stories on it, but it just took ages and you used to run through so much Tipex as well. Was it electric or manual? 
Oh, it was a manual one, and it was the one, if you press too many keys at the same time, they'd they cross yeah. over and jam. Yep. I learned to type, though, on an old manual typewriter, so, I mean, I have, like, a firm keystroke, where, like, I notice other people just barely touch sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, for better or worse. I mean, I'm sure with the touch screens, I'm at a disadvantage now. <laughs> Okay, number two on this list yep. is a l- lunial. All right. Would you call it a lunial? I'm going to yeah. say this every single time I pronounce it. A lunual? I think a lunual. 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 It's the white crescent-shaped part of the top of the nail, the bit that you bite off, basically. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really have those because I tend to bite my nails. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have none. And when I do see them, I will always impress when I have end up with the long one and think, well, mm. where did that come from? Yeah, how did that, that wasn't there yesterday. Yeah. This next one's pretty cool. I, I, when I see these things, I always think of what, like, primitive people must have thought, like, years ago. It's, it's the crepuscular rays. That's when the sun comes through the clouds. Yeah. You can actually see the sunbeams. I, it just, it makes me think of all those, uh, like 13th century paintings you see where they draw the beams from the heavens. Mm. And it makes you really think, like, if if life was like that all the time, the sky was like that all the time, you'd naturally wonder what was on the other side of the clouds and assume it was this giant ball of energy yeah, closer than the sun. Oh, God, yeah. It, you can see why people worship the sun as well, can't you? So, mm-hmm. pardon me. Um... But yeah, I'm always impressed when I see that. And I do always think it's God smiling down on us. Aww. <laughs> All right, number four is a ferrule. Yeah, I'd go with a ferrule. The metal part of a pencil, the part that holds the eraser in, that you squeeze and bite, and when the eraser comes out, you try to get the last little bits. Yeah. They're not very effective at holding the eraser. And yeah. Especially with 15-year-old kids who want to put them up their noses and stuff yeah. like that. But you think about it, there is a a factory out there that just makes these. Crazy, I think. <laughs> That's true. The next one is the first one I've actually heard of before. It's gynecomastia. That's like men breasts. Or man boobs. Yeah. <laughs> just from fat, that's all. Uh, next is a muntin. Yeah. Uh, Strips separating window panes. I never knew that. I doubt if you sit there and... Like, if I went to a hardware store and said, I, I need to replace this part, it broke, and I was trying to describe it, I doubt the person would go, oh, you mean a mutton? I'm, I'm quite sure they'd say, piece of wood, mm. some trim. It's annoying when you go to a shop and ask for a bit, and then they give you the correct name for it. And if you just turn around and say... Yeah, one of them. They're always disappointed that you haven't learned that word then. You mean a mutton? Yes, one of those. A what? A mutton, yes. (laughs) Say it. Go on. You're not getting one until you say it. (laughs) This next one, if you guys go and look at the link on uh, the show notes, it's a picture of a foot, and it's not a very attractive foot. So before, what it does is it shows the, the name of the phrase. Morton's toe and shows this foot and you have to scroll down to actually be able to read what it is mm. I've thought it was going to be like a mutation of some sort or like a bump uh, I don't know not that attractive is a weird foot though look yeah. at that foot and it's like a dinosaur foot with two extra toes added in yeah Morton's toe is when your second toe is bigger than your big toe and I think we've mentioned this on the show once before but if you look at this the big toe is smaller than the uh, the first toe and the second toe. Yeah. I think my... It's close for me. I have no shoes on at the moment. Oh, mine are just perfect. Uh, arms akimbo. His hands on your hips. That's kind of lame. Yeah, that's boring. Carry on. A desire path is a path created by natural means... Yeah, it's kind of lame too, but I understand what that is. That's when, you know, because everyone takes the same shortcut, it just wears away the soil. Mm. And all of a sudden you get what looks like a man-made path, looks like a purposeful path. But don't you ever, when you're walking down one of them paths, wonder when it actually started? Yeah, yeah, I do, you know. 
who's the first person to walk down there or how did it how did someone decide to go that route and why do we all follow the same track yeah no that's true because animals create a lot of them as well don't they yeah a lot of times our bicycle you can see where kids ride their bikes over the same section over and over it wears it down hmm uh, semantic satiation is when you use a word so much that it loses its meaning. Mm. So I, I mean, the example they use has to do with work. Hello, I'm looking for work currently employed, but work is so slow. I need to work. And I think it's more to me. It's more things like very and really. I'm like, I'm very hungry. It's like, well. You say everything's very. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is it more than normal? But I guess that's not quite the example they go with. This next word is a skeuomorph. Yeah, skeuomorph. Looks like an old syrup bottle to me. but uh, Yeah, that looks like maple syrup to me. A design feature copied from a similar artifact in another material, not necessarily functionality. For example, rivets on jeans, copper color on pennies, the sound a digital camera makes, and the handle on a syrup bottle that's too small to actually be used. <laughs> so that, oh, I can understand. What's, what do they call it? A skewmorph? Skewomorph? See, the handle on the syrup bottle, I it looks more like something uh, would have string tied around it. Yeah. More of a um, a strap holder than an actual... I can't imagine people grabbing it by that and then daintily tipping it over their pancakes. It's funny, though. Like, the rivets on jeans and stuff like that. I mean, I get that that's... There was a point where they were necessary, and then there are things that people put in, like the shutter sound on a camera. You know, it's no longer advancing film, but it still makes that... Sound yeah. Just, I guess, because without it, people would be like, I think my camera's broken. Yeah, there is no need for that, is there? No. How bizarre. Uh, This next one is kind of an unfortunate thing. I mean, someone invented this thing, and it's universally, globally popular. It's everywhere you go. The Brannock device. And yet, we have no idea who the guy is, or her, who she is. Never heard of him. The thing used to measure your feet at the shoe store, that little sliding thing that when you're seven, you have to put your foot in, and you have to go like, ooh, I'm at three and a half. You yeah. slide it up and down. No one even really knows how to use it. You, you don't know where to put that little one side. Does it go on your instep or your, even with a bump in your toe? Or It kind of got excited when you had to go in and get new shoes and use that thing, though. Yes. But it was always mis- unfortunate when the 87-year-old lady had pulled off her pop socks and used it just Ugh. before you, and there was still a sweaty imprint of her foot. I used to be disappointed when, like, the the sales rep would just be like, what size are those? Those are 12. Let's try a, a 13. No, measure no. my foot. Yeah, measure me. No, no, measure I think me. you're good. No, measure my foot, please. And now they have electronic ones as well, where you take a tab, you stand in line until your number's called, and then you go and stand on this light beam. Where it just measures you with lasers. And that's that's boring. Don't so, use that. I want to use the mechanical thing that clicks as it gets closer to your toe. It's the future. It's kind of like going on a roller coaster and you hear the clicking as you're going up just before you go over the top. And you, you hear the click as it gets closer and closer to your shoe mm-hmm. size. You, oh, <laughs> one more click. Or oh, one more click. And then you feel it tighten. And then you're like, oh, back off one. Brilliant. Got my shoe size. There you go. <laughs> this next one is another word I've heard of, paresthesia. It's the pins and needles feeling you get. Mm. I kind of like getting that, though. Yeah. As long as it goes away. Yeah. yeah. You, you couldn't live with it forever. But it, it's nice when you're sitting down and all of a sudden you realize you've been sitting on your leg for far too long. And you stand up and you get that f- the flow of blood going through your legs again. Mm-hmm. And then the pins and needles kicks in. And then you try and walk on your pins and needles legs. 
<laughs> you just look like a dick yeah, walking you, around. Like you got a wooden leg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Next is phosphenes. Those are the lights you see when you squint really hard or press on your eyes. Mm. Those always scare me. I always feel like I'm breaking blood vessels or nerves or something. I'm doing damage. Yeah, squeezing too hard. Uh, the arms, armsy, armsky, a r m s c y e is the hole, the armhole in most clothing. I didn't know that had a a name. I just thought that that was the hole that you put uh, your arm through. Armhole. Yeah. <laughs> a sleeve. I would call it your sleeve, whether it's short, sleeveless, or I guess if it's sleeveless, it can't be the sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 16 is a womble. That sounds lame. That's a stomach rumble. That's what your grandma would say. Oh, do you have a little womble? Because <laughs> like, everyone's nan is Irish. <laughs> yes. Well, that, it just comes out that way because it's a W-A. Yeah. Wob. Soft A sound. I'd like to know where that comes from. I'm guessing it's just gas moving around in your stomach. Yeah, I would think. Maybe that... it's maybe it's a I gotta look up the word for it. Where is it? Uh a skeuomorph. Your body doesn't really need to make the noise. It's just doing it for effect to be similar to some Ooh. other experience. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> but that would mean that your belly knows it's time to eat. Yes. That it might. It's empty. Just like a gas tank knows when it needs more fuel, the light comes on. <laughs> the lever goes off in the belly. Yeah. Okay, fair uh, enough. <laughs> all right, a feet is a dangling piece of curly hair. That's lame. Yeah, F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. Yes, a peen. I've heard peen used. I'd say pain. You think so? Yeah. P-E-E-N, pain. So it's it's the see our hammers tend to have like this little hook side to pull nails out. So you have a flat head, and then you have like a, a split forked, like a long Y basically that you can slide down under the head of a nail and lift it out. Yeah, that's a claw hammer. But that, uh, this that, this yeah. shows like two two different sides of uh, that you could hit with. Isn't this more for fabrication, this hammer? Could be. I'm pretty like, sure it is. Like hitting metal and such? Yeah. And so you don't have... You have a smaller contact area on the rounded side. Yes. I see We might have one of those hammers. Are they sometimes called a ball... Like a ball-peen hammer? Ball-peen yeah. hammer? Yeah, yeah. I think we have one, maybe down the basement somewhere. And of course, like all this, there has to be some toilet humor. <laughs> this is rectal tenesmus. Oh, the feeling that? that you're not quite done going to the bathroom. <laughs> I've had that quite a lot. <laughs> you probably also had this next one. Uh, Dysania, D-Y-S-A-N-I-A. Dysania? Dysania. It's yeah. the state of finding it hard to get out of the bed in the, the morning. Mm. Yeah, I kind of have that most mornings. But I think a lot of people do anyway, don't they? Yeah. I'm not one of these morning guys where they just wake up all sprightly and ready to go <laughs> at 6.30 in the morning for no reason. It helps to have a reason. You know, like you have to get up or your kids aren't going to go to school and stuff. But yeah, those people get up to go exercise... Well, you get I, up an hour early and go jog around the block. No. I I find it's harder to get up in the morning when I have a reason to get up. And it's easier to get up early in the morning where there's no reason to get up whatsoever. Yes, there's no pressure, I guess. Yeah. And you think, oh, I'll just get up. Who cares? <laughs> uh, number 21 is a Mondegreen, which is a misheard lyric. Mm. That's, I don't know, that... I find that hard to believe that's a universal thing. That's like, I, that seems to me like one person went, I'm going to name that after myself. 
I hereby call these Mondegreens. Yeah, Mr. Mondegreen came up with it. Yeah. Because he misheard lyrics. I'm always mishearing lyrics. Kyle Mondegreen. Kyle Mondegreen got the lyrics wrong to a song, and he's like, I, I know. These are just... I'm doing it on purpose. Mm. Oh, my God. But that um, uh, Respect song by Aretha Franklin, I never knew that she was singing or spelling out Respect in the middle of the song until a couple of years no, no. ago. <laughs> uh, I I just thought it was R-S-P-C-T. And uh, what, what, what what does that mean? <laughs> and that's why she's singing Find Out What It Means To Me. I thought, oh, okay. So we got to find out what it's that code. means to her. Yeah. She's offering a puzzle. And then I've heard, well, I can't remember where I heard this, but I think I was definitely with friends, and I I just didn't know what they were saying. And then all of a sudden, they sung R-S-P-E-C-T. Like, that's not right. That's what she's been saying all this time. Really? And they kind of laughed at me. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I never I'm laughing that. with you, not at you. Mm. It happens all the time, though. But it's okay, because now there's a name for it. Yes, I have Monday or, Green Syndrome. That's right. Uh, this next thing, Petrichor? Petrichor? P-E-T-R-I-C-H-O-R. Petrichor? Petrichor? That's the smell after it rains. Ooh, cool. I like that. I don't know how valid, how universal that is, but... Like, who names a smell? Hmm... I mean, usually it's, the name is, you know, oh, that's pumpkin pie. Oh, that's vanilla. Oh, that's ambrosia. Like, it's a, it's whatever you're smelling is the name of the smell. Yeah, it's rain. Yeah. Uh, Next, I've heard of this thing having a name. I didn't know what it was. Filtrum? Yeah, filtrum. The little divot above your lip? Hmm. Have you ever seen the, um, the YouTube videos of these? Apparently, it's where your whole face is created from. Or, no, it's not where it's created from, but it's all where it all comes together. Hmm. And if the whole face doesn't come together correctly, then that's how you get the uh, cleft palate. Oh, okay. And so, if, yeah, your, your, whole, your eyes come around and your nose comes out and your mouth comes out. Mm. And then it all just combines into this little filtrum. Look look for it on YouTube. It's wicked. I'll have to look. I'll probably be grossed out by it. But uh, Let's see. A perlicue is the space between your thumb and four fingers. The, when you make the little L for loser sign, that's basically your perlicue. Hmm. Cool. And then the famous aglet, which is the little thing they put on the end of a shoelace to keep it from fraying. Yeah. Famously brought up in Cocktail, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think Very that's cool. how I, I learnt what it was anyway. There used to be a bit on, uh, I think it was called Not Necessarily the News, which was in a cable television comedy show. And uh, it was, that was on the 80s. Not Necessarily News was on HBO. And comedian Rich Hall had a bit where he did these things called sniglets and sniglets were like this, this kind of thing. It's, uh, you know, the names for random little bits and pieces. All right. So let's see. Uh, it's a word that doesn't appear in the dictionary, but should. So I guess in that sense, they were, they were things that people made up on their own. Like it's the name for, um, you know, a warble is that weird walk you do after your leg is numb, or right? Okay. You know, your uh, a skello is your Skype ringtone or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do the the uh, ringtone for everyone's benefit, but the ring. Mm. Well, that was pretty cool. We'll have to uh, build on that. Yeah, a lot of people join the two words that they're trying to say into one word and think mm. that they're actually creating a whole new word. I've they're seen not. that a lot anyway. No, they're not. They're, <laughs> they're liars. 
They're they're fooling no one apart from themselves. That's the way I see it. All right. Well, let's uh, let the good people go. Leave it to them to discern which part of this was fact and which part of this was fiction today. Yep. Uh, I have to go back to Iraq after all. Go back and be part of the Super Soldier program, and you've got that important research to do with penguins. But uh, yeah, so I have got the important thing about penguins and yes. to work out how satellite delay can be re- uh, reduced. That's I think that should be the moral of the, of the uh, episode today. The moral of the story. I think the moral of today's episode should be, you know, work out the kinks in your satellite delay, or check your satellite feed. That sounds because wonderful. Clearly, we had some problems there with our satellite feed today. So check the satellite feed. Yes, I think yes, we we will work out the kinks. Uh, you folks who are listening and stuck with us through the end, which we appreciate greatly, be sure to hit us on Twitter at Elton McManus or SHC1970. Uh, send us something on Facebook. Send us something to our email at bombastpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, give us a hundred or something. You know, you want to let us know why that thing or want us to guess, try to figure out, that's up to you. But the special end of birth for day is coming. And a uh, hundred of, of, we'll take a hundred of whatever you got. Wicked. I really like that idea. That's so cool. I, I just made up a, uh, a sniggle of sorts. The end of, end of birth for a day. Bless That's your little heart. special <laughs> kind of when it's not really a birthday or an anniversary. Your end of birthday. The worst is when you do something like that and you can't do it the same way twice in a row. What, what did you say? Oh, yeah, my end of birth for uh, re. Yeah, you get it. Your what? Up. Like my uh, anniversary? What? <laughs> like, oh, you know what it was. Yeah, the moment's gone now, guys. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, hope you've enjoyed what will likely be two episodes coming out fairly close together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk to you later on this month. Yep. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Tonight's episode of Apotheosis of a Bombast was brought to you by Elton McManus and Scott Copperman and was sponsored by the letters Q, M and the magic number 3.